Alright guys, welcome back to episode number three of the Gateway Times. Uh, my name is Joe. My name is Ed. And uh, what do we have for this week? Uh, any, uh, any updates? Any podcast updates? A few we, things. Uh, I mean, first of all, for the people that are regular listeners, you may have noticed that we missed last week, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there are a few reasons for that, right? I mean, I think the biggest reason is that there just wasn't that much news to be yeah. had last week, right? Yeah. To be discussed. Yeah, yeah. We looked... We looked and like there really wasn't too much going on. There were there were some stories that were like, you know, uh, I don't know. We, we called it like shock porn, right? Like right, right. Some weird stories like you know we don't really want to talk about that. You know, yeah, it, yeah. We're not trying to make this a uh, uh, podcast show about like the most shocking and horrifying things you can hear. Yeah, no, you get no. enough of that <laughs> yeah. from the regular news, whatever. Yeah. Um, and we always like to kind of make, kind of poke fun at the mainstream media sometimes when like, if there's a week where no news happens, they don't just print in the front page, no news happened this week, go on, go about your day, you know? Right, right. They don't do that, right? Even though I think it'd probably be a better thing for everybody if some, when there's no news, don't make it up, right? right, or don't, right. You know, don't look for it, right? Just, right, yeah. right, right. Nothing happened, nothing happened, right? Exactly. Um, and then also we were thinking like how can we like like uh spice up the podcast mm-hmm. right what can we add what kind of things can we add to it so that's not just news the whole time mm-hmm. um and so so we spent like a good week thinking about that right uh and so now we're we're, just gonna, we're gonna try and start to experiment more with the podcast right right um so our our thinking is we're gonna start off with some news articles right maybe like i don't know in total about 10 15 minutes mm-hmm. right but then we want the majority of the episode to be centered on some public figure from the gateway cities. Right. Right. Yeah. I think like originally when we were looking at the idea for this podcast, we kind of thought about people of the gateway cities originally as kind of a way of bringing that initial idea sort of and uh, kind of uh, including it with the news that we've already been doing. And I think it should be fun for us, fun for everybody else. And uh, and yeah, so we'll, we'll give it a shot. It's going to be our first episode actually trying this out. Yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah, and so that's, uh, you know, we all, we'll see how this goes. You know, we, we're always trying to experiment with the podcast. It, what is uh, interesting is that, like, um, you know, if we do start doing this, right, then the uh, name of the podcast will start to make less sense. Right, right, the right, times, times. It will start to be maybe more like people of the gateway cities. Right, we were thinking right. about, right? It kind of depends on how, yeah, how it goes, right? How, how yeah. it kind of continues to morph as time goes on and... Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, it, we're always open to, like, trying on new things and experimenting with the new ideas and, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, is there anything else uh, before we anything jump into else? this news mm. for this week? No, I think that's, that's about it, I think. All right. Let's go ahead and jump right into this. Yeah. Let's get right into it. So, again, we're going to start with the news first. And this is probably, uh, we're, we're going to go through, like, a few stories, like we said, and then jump into the person. So, let's... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what first story do you want to get into? Um, okay, why don't we start with the heavy and then go light? I like that. I like that. Start heavy and yeah. go light. You always want to end in a good, good note. Yeah. Stuff, uh, so let's start with, I guess, the Sigma Tribune, right? Yeah. Uh, so the title of this article is uh, Long Beach Police Department Seeks Public's Help to Solve Fatal Hit and Run of Pedestrian Who Attempted to Stop a Theft in Wilmore Area. Um, so this is interesting. Uh, this article came out July twenty fourth, which is uh, today actually. So I guess this happened really recently. Hmm. Um, so the the Long Beach Police Department uh, is looking for the public's help in finding two hit and run motorists involved in the death of a pedestrian. Um, they're unrelated motorists, as we'll get into the story. Um, so what happened, uh, at least as far as what we get got from this news article is that uh, officers were sent to Anaheim Street and Magnolia Avenue. This is at 10.40 p.m. Thursday. Yeah, so this is yesterday, last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they got to the scene, they found a, a male adult lying, um, I guess, in the street, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently what the, the police department is saying is that the man had apparently tried to stop a suspect from stealing, uh, from uh, uh, getting away with a theft at a liquor store, right? Mm-hmm. So someone tried to steal a liquor store and this guy tried to stop them from from getting away and i guess his way of stopping him was he apparently and this is what the officer quote in his efforts to stop the thief he climbed on the hood of the suspect's uh, vehicle the suspect drove with the pedestrian on the hood for approximately three blocks before maneuvering the vehicle 
to get the pedestrian off the hood. So yeah, he was like on the hood of the car for three blocks trying to prevent this dude from getting away. So like he witnessed the theft at the liquor store. Yeah. And then he he wanted to be like a good Samaritan. Yeah. And it, just stop the guy from getting away. Right. And it doesn't say like if he's like an owner of the liquor store or like a related to the owner. I don't know if he's like just a bystander and he just wanted to be to right. try and do a good thing. Right. Hmm. But yeah, he just he clung on for three three blocks and then the the driver of the car who was trying to who was uh, trying to get away, I guess he was driving and trying to maneuver to get the guy off of a car, the car, right? Mm-hmm. And so I guess after three blocks of this, he managed to get the guy off of the car. The dude kind of flew into the other lane, and then a white van from the other lane hit the dude. Mm. Right? Yeah. And uh, that that car that hit him didn't stop and like see like oh damn like I hit somebody I better like stop and call the cops and see if he's okay. Apparently he just kept going. Damn, that's, yeah. that's crazy. That's sad. So that's why there's two hit and runs, effectively. Right? One was the, the thief trying to get away, and the other one was the other white van coming in the opposite direction who hit him inadvertently and then just ran. Right? Hmm. Um, it says the first vehicle was a silver four-door sedan driven by a black man about 40 years of age, 5 feet 7, thin build, short dark hair, and a mustache. He was wearing a black short sleeve shirt and blue jeans. The second vehicle, the one that hit him and actually probably killed him, was described only as a white utility-style van. Um, and so it says here, anyone with information on the case should call the police. It says uh, at 562-570-7355. You can also do anonymous tips at 800-222-TIPS. Hmm. It's pretty crazy, right? It's kind of sad how, like, the second van, you know, unrelated to the theft, you know, and the yeah. whole, like, you know, start of it, just, like, hit him. He's like, oh, well, I guess I'll, you know... Yeah, I guess like in the moment of panic, he's like, he's made like a like a fight or flight decision. Is like, I'm just yeah. gonna book it and hope no yeah. nobody saw me. You know, which is like a horrible thing to do, right? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the moment, I guess that's the decision they made, and it's they weren't trying to commit a crime that day. They're just I don't know, driving to work or something. But then right. Right, right. they wound up killing somebody and running away. Yeah, that's kind of sad, right? You would think that ideally, people, you know, you know, like we wouldn't have like. You know, it's sort of like something that starts bad and ends worse. You know, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, oh, exactly. Man. Like yeah. you lose your faith in humanity to start with, then you really lose it when it's like the yeah, you know, second yeah. dude hits them and mm. just leaves them. You know, it's yeah, like, man, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this to me kind of gives more credence to the uh, advice. Um, I forgot who told me, or it's kind of just around, but that if if you see someone try, like stealing something from a liquor store or whatever store and running away, don't try to chase after them. I think Walmart has that policy, right? I think Walmart has a policy where like if someone's trying to steal something and they're running out the store, I think they instruct their employees don't go after them. Like don't chase right, after them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because you don't know if they have a gun. You don't know if they have like a knife. You don't know if like they're going to turn violent if you try to stop them. Right. And so I think company policy, probably at most big box stores, is just let yeah. them go. Just let them go. Don't, don't worry about it. The price of whatever they stole is just not worth your life. You know? Yeah, I, I want to say that like that's the policy. At, yeah, at most big stores, that once they get out of the store, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. Yeah, just let don't them go. chase them, right? You know? Yeah, it makes me think that the guy that tried to stop it maybe related to the owner. Or that makes more sense. Makes sense. Yeah, because right? you can try to protect your own property and stuff, right? And, yeah. Yeah. I can't see like a random like bypass uh, bystander like going on the hood of the car risking their life for that. Yeah. yeah, really unfortunate. Hopefully, uh, some more news comes out about this, and uh, yeah, we find out who uh, who they are. Yeah, that's sad. Yep, we said we're starting heavy though, right? So yeah, was, let's, let's go heavy light. One. Let's go light now. Yeah, let's move into the lighter sections, uh, lighter stories. Um, how about we talk about uh, In and Out and raising Kane and Whittier? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> This is a good, this is like a very light story, but it's, it's something that light. I don't know. It caught my eye for whatever reason. Yeah, it's the kind of stuff that like you know, it's uh, for some reason I feel like it's the kind of thing that would only happen in Whittier, right? If this right. If this were you know, we'll, we'll get into it, but if this were happening like, say like Bell Gardens, I don't think they would they would raise any sort of objections no. to, to yeah. what they're gonna reject this article, right? Right. But it's stuff that matters though, right? It does. It does matter. matter. It does matter. It, does matter. it, it seems right? like it's not that big of a deal, but I think it 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 you know. It does matter, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, it's the title is, How Many Signs Do In-N-Out Raising Canes in Whittier Need? Yeah. So, this one, this is coming out of the Whittier Daily News. By uh, This is written by Mike Sprague. He's, he's, he writes a lot of the articles. Um, so, it says, um, Just how many signs does one shopping center need, namely the one going up on the site of the former 73-acre Fred C. Nell's Youth Correctional Facility in Whittier? 
So there's going to, there's going to be like a new shopping center on that that youth, that old youth uh, correctional f- f- facility. Right. And so basically, the article is saying that there's an going to be an in and out and a raising canes there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. On, on that, that new, I think I said it's a it's a residential development, but it's going to have also like those those uh, right uh, restaurants. And so the whole point of the article is that how many signs that, that uh, the developer wants four signs. Right. But the the, the 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 city code only allows for two signs. Right. Right. And that's the heart of the debate is yeah. How many signs does in and out get? Do they get four right. signs like they want, or do they get two signs? Right. Right. And I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know. This article doesn't say, but I'm guessing it's like if it's like a square like block of like wherever this in and out raising canes is at, they want like one sign per corner or something like that. Yeah. And Whittier's like, no, just put like one on each side. You know. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Probably. Probably. It says, so they say that um. Uh, the center part of a residential project called the Groves will be near uh, Whittier Boulevard and Sorensen Avenue. Um, so, I mean, I'm a big fan of it, uh, in and out So yeah. anytime I see that, oh, it's new in and out somewhere. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. It's just, it's always, I think everybody in Southern California is like a big, big fan yeah. of in and out right? Raising Cane's is also, I mean, getting extremely popular Super here. popular, yeah. The one in Downey always has like a line way out the door. Yeah. Always, you know. See, now look at this. It's, in and out Raising Cane's, and there's also going to be a Panera, mm. Panera Bread, uh, as well as a uh, Stater Brothers and a brewery. Oh. There's Whittier's third brewery. Oh, this I is like gonna that. This be a pretty big development. It's going to be nice. It's going it's gonna, to, you know, if you live anywhere near there, hey, man, it's, it's, it's pretty dope. Yeah. I, I like what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, okay, so in terms of, um, yeah, the opposition, they say, uh, I do have questions about four signs, especially when a lot of time was put into the sign ordinance, Commissioner Charles uh, Claver said. We were trying to create a less cluttered look for our uh, businesses. I think four is too many. Right. Um, and they do have a point in that, like, you know, like, when I think of, like, a terrible-looking place, you know, I just think of, like, you know, a big six-lane street and tons of signs right. left and right. Right, everywhere, right, right. right. It just, you know, it just doesn't... You know, yeah, you definitely don't want overly, like, uh, cluttered public spaces, right? Right. And that's the thing is, uh, the, these commissioners, or the commissioner, the developers are playing hardball with this. They're saying um, that, uh, where was it? So they're saying that uh, In-N-Out and Raising Canes have the right under their leases to walk away if they don't get the signage they want. Yeah, I was reading about that too. Which is pretty, uh, pretty intense. I mean, they, it seems like they really, really need these signs, or they, they really desire these signs. And the city is saying, "No, yeah. well, do you really need those signs?" Yeah. And I think someone in the article is saying about how most people who are going to these places they know what they're looking for, right? So, so like, they don't need the signs to get there, right? Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I think most people are. You know, if they're looking for a in and out or something, they're going to go to Google Maps or Maps, and they're right. going to they go, go where they want to go. Yeah. yeah. There is not this the. You know, I don't think people are unaware of the businesses are in these places, especially if you live there. Right. It's like, what are the odds that like you're gonna be driving by and you see that fourth sign in and out? You'd be like, oh, it's in and out there. Let me stop by. You know, yeah. and make a U-turn yep. and go in there. Right. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, not gonna happen. No. So. Uh, like, like we were saying though, like, you know, would this sort of thing happen in say Bell Gardens? Would this sort of thing happen in, you know, say poor gateway cities where, you know, I feel like the developers just have complete control mm-hmm. to do whatever they mm-hmm, want. Mm-hmm. Like they could put up, put up 20 signs in Bell Gardens and no one would care. No, right. It does seem like that, right? It, it's hard to believe that they would have this sort of backlash in, in other, other places, in other cities versus Whittier, where they seem to take a lot more care over the appearance and look of their city. Yeah. Um, and kind of like how we were saying, I think uh, the, the fact that Whittier takes so much care in their appearance is the reason why it looks so nice and such a desirable yeah. place to live and the downtown area looks, looks the way it is. And sometimes I think people don't pay enough attention to... The appearance like oh four signs two signs who cares yeah but yeah. no it matters it yeah matters. it matters it matters and the fact that yeah the fact that they fight over such small things to me is like oh well that's that's a sign of like well yeah that's why uptown Whittier looks so nice right. you know it's because they fight for that the look as opposed to just letting the, the developers get as much signs as they want you know and getting mm. yeah you know so i think it matters man i think it matters a lot more than, than people think i agree 
I agree. So that was a, that was a nice kind of lighter story. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to the last story for, for this episode. Uh, this one's coming out of uh, Los Angeles Wave newspapers. The article of this, or the title of this article is Family Opens Bell Garden's First Afro-Mexican Restaurant. Mm. Um, so very interesting. Uh, the Era family, it says, celebrated the grand opening of Tamales Elena y Antojitos at 8101 Garfield Avenue, uh, July 15th which is one of the few restaurants in the area serving Afro-Mexican cuisine. Uh, this is nice. So uh, this family has roots in uh, Guerrero in Mexico. And uh, so apparently they initially started as like, uh, a, like a, using a, was it for a food truck, I believe, right? And, oh, oh no, sorry, sorry. They initially started as a street vendor by selling, uh, by selling a tamales out of a cooler. Damn. And the, yeah, and so the family later bought a food truck in 2007 which brought them more customers and renown throughout LA. And so I guess this is their next step in going from uh, a street vendor to food truck to an official store. And it's interesting that they're doing this during uh, the pandemic times. Right, that is interesting. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is it's very interesting. Um, the, it says here in the article that, uh, that uh, the business, uh, they kind of saw the, the, uh, the place where they're starting this new business, the old restaurant, uh, I guess they went out of business because of the pandemic and they saw this as an opportunity to kind of go in and start their own, which is, I mean, it's, it's pretty brave of them to start, yeah. uh, to do such an investment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, and so, so like I was saying, this, this, uh, this uh, restaurant focuses on Afro-Mexican cuisine, uh, mainly from, uh, again, uh, Guerrero. And if, if some of the food that they're specialized in uh, so it says they it's uh, Guerrero is a southern state on the coast of Mexico known for its variety of pozoles, moles, and banana leaf wrapped tamales. Uh, the menu will also include vegetarian and vegan options. Um, so very interesting. It says that uh, again the restaurant specializes in Afro Mexican food featuring fresh ingredients only found in Guerrero, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty cool stuff. And the fact that we have this in here in Bell Gardens uh, is nice. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's um, I mean, I, I can't say I ever tried like Afro Mexican food, right? It mm-hmm. sounds interesting. It yeah, sounds, sounds interesting. Um, yeah, they say so. They're already open. They're, yeah, it says it's open daily from five a.m. to eight p.m. Yeah, for takeout, delivery, and drive-through. It's interesting. Yeah, so you can go now, and again, the address is eight one zero one Garfield Avenue, um, in Bell Gardens. Oh, in Garfield. Yeah. Okay. In Bell Gardens, isn't the the old carousel? Uh, Garfield? Yeah, uh, it's close, I think. Close to it. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's close. Okay, yeah, it's not too far. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's always good to hear about, like, a success story where you have a uh, street vendor to food yeah, truck to yeah, uh, actual yeah. business. It's nice. That kind of reminds you of, like, Nipsey Hussle, right? Didn't he start off, like, you know, he was, like, selling socks or some shit like that? Yeah, something like that. And yeah. then eventually he got his, what do you call it? Uh, the marathon, like the, the marathon store clothing store. Yep. Yeah, see, I like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Starting small and going bigger. Um, Afro Mexican food. Not something you hear about a lot in LA, and LA is known for their food. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, should we jump into the uh, the main event? Yeah, let's let's talk about the the new the new segment. Let's get into the let's get into the new segment. Yeah. Okay, so this is this is a good one. <laughs> um. So this one, so uh, this, uh, I guess the gateway person of the week, I don't know what you call it. Yeah, which they still working out the title. Yeah, yeah. So her name is Christina Garcia, mm-hmm. which she has made headlines in the past. She right? has. She's not she an has. unknown name. She's not an unknown name. Uh, a few years ago, because of the controversy that we're going to kind of get into, yeah. she, she, she is known, I think a lot of people forgot about her. I know I, I totally forgot about her, uh, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about her today. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so, again, her name is Christina Garcia, uh, so she is an assemblywoman for which district? The, uh, uh, let's see, it says the 58th Assembly District, which encompasses parts of southeastern LA County, including her home of Bell Gardens. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, a, she's an assemblywoman for, like, much of the gateway cities. Right, right, yep. Uh, so let's just, um, start with her, her, uh... 
her origin here. So she was born in Bell Gardens in 1977, mm -hmm. right? Uh, her mom worked in a uh, 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 sweatshop, but then she eventually, she worked her, her way up to um, owning her own, like, clothing manufacturing company which is again it's pretty yeah, it's, it's impressive that's, it's great it's impressive it's, it's I like very it. impressive right when you start from uh like a small like a, as a sweatshop worker and work your way up to to actually uh moving up the economic ladder very impressive yeah, very impressive um and it says uh yeah initially when she was growing up christina garcia they were raised so she had three siblings and they were all raised in a one-bedroom apartment but as her mom started getting moving up the chain and mm -hmm. starting her own businesses they 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 got upwardly mobile, but they stayed in Bell Gardens, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It like it makes you wonder, like how? I mean, I feel like that 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 the the story of one mom raising like three or four kids in a Bell Gardens, you know, or like some apartment in the uh, Gateway Cities is pretty common, right? Mm -hmm. I want I want to say it's yeah. not an uncommon story. Yeah, not that uncommon. And so the, the fact that that this kind of upwardly mobile uh, kind of life story, I think it can be very inspirational. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, Christina, when she got into uh, high school, she helped to organize against Prop 187. Yeah. Uh, which is which was a uh, California proposition which uh, which, which um, prohibited undocumented re uh, undocumented residents from non-emergency health care, public education, and other services. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think from what I understand, I, I mean, I. I we were born in '94, right? But like, we don't, we weren't exactly uh, aware of the, the political climate at this time. But from what I understand, it, it was a, it was a time where a lot of people were pretty fearful of uh, too much immigration, mm -hmm. and so this was a, sort of a backlash against that to try to like not give services to immigrants, uh, just because again people were just worried that we we're going to go bankrupt by, I guess, giving them too many services. Right, right, um, and this prop one. 87 it, it actually it, it actually passed mm -hmm. it passed in, in california um but what happened was i think it was like a week later so the like some like federal court said it was un unconstitutional uh, yes um, yep and they uh got rid of it so it, it never actually came into effect um interesting to see though that christina garcia she was involved in politics very early or like kind of political uh, things very early so mm -hmm. it's you know it's uh yeah yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, so she, uh, she she went on to graduate from uh, Pomona College, uh, which is an excellent school. Really good way. school. Really good That's school. That's actually like one of the hardest schools to get into, I, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was at the it's time. It's tough. It's tough. But now it's like, it's, it's yeah, like Harvard it's, level. It's, yeah, it's one of the Pomona Colleges and they're all pretty prestigious. Yeah, extremely mm -hmm. prestigious. So clearly she she was a, uh, a good student. A good student. Uh, she got her teaching credential and her master's from uh, um, Claremont Graduate University, I think it's called. Okay. I wonder, is that part of the... the I think it is. It's probably. part of the Claremont Colleges. The Claremont Colleges, right? Yeah. So she got her master's there, and she is currently a doctoral student at USC, uh, working on her um, PhD in public administration. Right. Um, now, it, it, it says, yeah, we'll get, actually, yeah, we'll, I'll save yeah, that for later. We'll get into that. We'll save, we'll get into but that. just keep in the back of your mind that she's currently a doctoral student at USC. There's some controversy about that. but Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, so far, she's extremely impressive. Very I mean, impressive. come on. Like, how many people grew, grew up in Bell Gardens with a single mom end up getting, you know, working on their PhD at USC? Very impressive. You know, having gone to, you know, like, uh, a, a bunch of great schools. You know, it's uh, it's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Not unheard of, but very impressive. And uh, she, she clearly had a bright future ahead of her. Yeah, yeah. So what happened after that? So she graduated from, uh, she got her master's, her teaching credential and master's from Claremont. And then she started mm -hmm. teaching uh, math, in, starting initially at high school. Mm -hmm. And then eventually she wound up teaching later at LA City College. And then, uh, oh, and then, and then she started pursuing her, her doctoral candidate. Uh, candidacy at USC. Yeah, 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 and then I think it also said that she was teaching stats at USC. Um, oh I, wow! I, I forgot to write that down here, but she was teaching stats at USC. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. She I think she she called herself like a math nerd. She said. Right. She was a, she was a math nerd. Uh, yeah, thirteen years of teaching math and, and uh, statistics. Yeah. Um, 
That's interesting. So started as a teacher, and then let's see what happens, right? She she yeah. eventually started to go from teaching and education more and more into politics. Let's see why. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently uh, in 2009, her mother suffered a heart attack. And so in order to be with her she uh, and take care of her mother, she went back to Bell Gardens. And there's a point in the article where it describes how she felt um, mentally like she didn't she didn't like the idea of moving back to Bell Gardens because when you grow up in 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 kind of like a more poor area your, your only dream is to become successful leave and never come back yeah but she she had to come back to take care of her mother so um I don't know at the time she she kind of felt like she didn't really like that that much but right right which I think is a common a common idea right that mm-hmm. you know like the first generation is like oh you know when I go to college I go to school I get a good job I never want to come back, you know? Yep, yep. I'm going to move to, like, Beverly Hills and never look back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so her mom got the heart attack, and then she slowly but surely started getting more involved in politics in Bell Gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, so she started to enter a period of activism in her life. Yeah. Right? So she started uh, 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 attending the Bell Gardens um, uh, council meeting. She started studying the budgets. She started, um, and she ran for a, a council seat, and then she lost. Mm-hmm. Um, she was only short by 114 votes. So mm-hmm. he, first attempt was already not yeah. bad. Yeah, pretty good. So like she was trying to like I guess deal with you know a lot of the corruption that is endemic in these these places, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bell Gardens and Bell and yeah, yeah. You know, uh, what happened after that? So so that's when she started. Um, so some activists apparently in the neighbor neighboring city of uh, Bell. They started, I guess they kind of saw her at council meetings, saw her kind of uh, taking these uh, politicians to task and everything. And they said, well, why don't you help us out with us over here in Bell? Because our property taxes in Bell are super high. And we're Mm -hmm. not sure where the money's going. It's not transparent at all. Right. Um, So they asked her for help. And she started doing some digging into Bell's finances. Um, And so um, once she started doing that, I guess started to gain more attention. Apparently, an LA Times reporter said Garcia was one of the first people he interviewed talking about the corruption in Bell. So I guess she, right. she really started to bring attention to well, what's what's going on with these high property taxes? Why, why, yeah. Where is the money going? What's what's the deal? Yeah. So she was eventually the uh, one of the first ones to uncover the the famous Bell Robert Rizzo Robert Rizzo scandal. scandal right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think she it said that after the LA Times published the story on that, uh, she, along with uh, local businessman Alice uh, Sella, started uh, the Bell Association to Stop the Abuse, or uh, BASTA. Yep. Um, so, which was, I guess, an association that was directly related, uh, that was uh, trying to, like, stop all the corruption that was happening in Bell. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, funny story about this Ali guy. He is currently actually the mayor of Bell. Yeah. So he started off attacking the corruption in Bell, but he ended up becoming the mayor of Bell. Yeah. Uh, which is yep. pretty, pretty cool. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, like it's, that. it's kind of, if you're an anti-corruption person, that's, that's like your dream. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, so Basta, the, it, was a, it, it, was, it was a group that drew hundreds of people to town hall meetings, covered the city with overnight flyer, uh, overnight flyers staged rallies and flooded uh, council meetings with thousands of angry uh, residents. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was like a, like a activist organization type of thing trying to stop the corruption. Just trying to get the word out. And, uh, I think it mentions here in the article that the city and this kind of area, the gateway cities in general, is, it's known for the apathetic voters, people that don't really pay too much right. attention right. to and really hold their leaders accountable. Right. And she was one of the people... Um, through her 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 tactics of uh, you know the posters and everything, she got people a little more energized, a little more involved. Say, hey, let's yeah. let's take a closer look at what's going on in our cities. Yeah, which is which is a good thing. I like uh, I like it a lot. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um. So it says so. Uh, after the mayor and targeted council members refused to step down because uh, I, I guess after the Times article the. Uh, the Basta was calling for these people to be to be uh, to step down. Um, they started a recall effort, and the yeah. recall effort was actually successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so was, they, uh, they succeeded in getting rid the of mayor, right? the mayor. Yeah, Oscar mm-hmm. Hernandez and uh, three of the council members. Mm-hmm. So the Basta, they they really they succeeded. Yeah, they 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 rose up. They did this recall effort, and it worked. They actually yeah. got rid of these corrupt people. 
Yeah. So, you know, uh, good stuff. And so that fresh off of her, her like victory there, I think she ran for the uh, California legislature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she won uh, in 2012. She won a seat in the um, assembly uh, over Tom Calderon, yep. right? Yeah. Now the the Calderones, all right. That's a whole nother thing. That's there. a whole other story, right? In that, a sense. that that's you know we can have a podcast on each member of the Calderones. The Calderones, right? It's, it's like a it's a political dynasty here in California, and that. They have their own issues with the corruption and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, so she ended up beating out, you know, a member of the like, one of the most powerful political dynasties in California. California. Right? Despite is, being outspent person. seven to one. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Calderon had the entire political machine behind, behind him. him. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she beat him in like a, an upset victory. So very impressive. It, you see her, her like, meteoric rise. Very, it yeah. happens very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, in 2013, she was the first member of the legislature to call for resignation of Ron Calderon after possible corruption. So she gets into political office, and she's already, she's already, she, she continues on with the anti-corruption stuff. Yeah. She sees Ron Calderon uh, is so he's the brother of Tom Calderon. Yeah. And so she's already hammering him. So she beats Tom Calderon, and then she accuses Ron Calderon of corruption. <laughs> yeah. So she's going after the whole dynasty. Yeah. And then sure enough, in 2016, Calderon was uh, sentenced to 42 months for, for bribery. Mm-hmm. So she wow. wasn't wrong. She, she wasn't, wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. She was the first one to accuse him. And, uh, and she was right. She was right. Yeah. So you just see this anti-corruption woman just, just going through the, 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 the rising and just taking people down as she goes up. You know, it's yeah. crazy. You know, it's all, it's all, it's all pretty good stuff. It's all pretty good stuff so far. <laughs> so far. <laughs> now, uh, in twenty seventeen, she was also um, one of the leaders of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Uh, I think Time Magazine apparently uh, profiled her for an article that they had done on the Me Too movement. Yeah. And so she appeared in there, in there, and had a picture and everything. Um, and she co-signed a letter calling for an end to workplace harassment of women. Yeah. So she's also uh, going against sexual harassment. Yeah, all good stuff. Yeah, it's all good stuff. You know, she was, yeah, again, Time Magazine, uh, 2017 Person of the Year. She was not the Person of the Year. She was one of the, the people of the year because it was um, the year of the yeah. silence breakers, mm-hmm. right, about the Me Too movement. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's when everything starts going downhill. That's when things take a turn for the, like, the, 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 the odd, the, the weird, the, the weird, the kind of sad. Yeah. Um. So the controversy begins, uh, I guess, in 2012. Yeah. So in, so during, in 2012, during her campaign, she had put out these brochures saying that she got a PhD in public administration from USC. Yeah. Uh, now, she, she did enroll as a PhD candidate at USC. And from what I understand, she took all the classes, but she never actually finished. Yeah. Uh, they call it all but dissertation. So she yeah. had everything done but her dissertation. Yeah. And she claimed that she had written over 100 pages for her dissertation. She just had yet to submit it. But for whatever reason, she never actually finished. But her brochures were saying that she had gone her PhD, which is untrue. Yeah. And so someone, I think from some uh, local newspaper, uh, pointed it out. That like, hey, well, why are you saying you got your PhD when you yeah. actually have it? Mm-hmm. And then she ended up apologizing and admitting the fact that she did not have the PhD. But then she said that she was all, you know, all but dissertation. So she was close to it. Um, this was back in 2012, and to this day, she still does not have her PhD. Still doesn't finish still, it. Yeah. Still in process at USC. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, not a huge deal. Not, but, yeah, it's but not a huge it's, deal, but she definitely lied. Definitely, lied. definitely, definitely stretching the truth there. Uh, on top of that, she also claimed to have a master's degree from UCLA, uh, which was also not true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you start to see, like, okay, she's kind of lying a little bit about yeah. her. Now that one, I think like some websites, some like California legislator handbook thing had listed her as having a master's degree from UCLA and she never fought that. So, she, you know, she, she if you had seen that, that would have been like, well, hey, I didn't actually get this degree. You might want to change yeah. this info, you know. Yeah. But she, she never fought that. Um, hmm. So that's 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 not good. Um, so, so far, not, not nothing too huge, but stretching the truth for sure. Yeah. So then in 2018 is when the uh, when everything started to come out. <laughs> mm, yeah. Or wasn't it was a little earlier, wasn't it? Or 2014? Uh, yeah, it, it it happened in 2014, but it got out in 2018 is when okay. the news broke. Okay, 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 okay. Right? Yeah. 
so what, <laughs> what, what, what exactly happened in 2014? Uh, yeah, let's let's jump into that. So, so this involves the Calderones again. Oddly enough. Oddly enough, they keep so, going back. They keep, you know, it, Popping back up like like, yeah. like, like, like those weasels, you know, yeah, like, like whack a mole. Like, <laughs> like whack a mole, yeah. So Ian Calderon had a staff member whose name was Daniel Fierro, and he claimed that an intoxicated Garcia had once groped and fondled him against his will following an assembly softball game. So I guess every year the assembly people have uh, this inaugural softball game, and I guess the claim was that she got very intoxicated. And then he claimed that he groped and fondled him against his will. Yeah, that's that's the claim. That's the claim. Now this is coming like whoa! It was yeah. all it went from hero to to like like what like what happened from Me Too movement hero to now you're yeah doing sexual harassment yeah um now again so that's the claim the claim now it is a little bit weird I can't be the only one that noticed that this is Ian Calderon again that's one of the brothers of the Calderon brothers yeah so she beat one of the Calderones in an election. She accused the other one correctly of, of, of corruption. And now, like, somewhat coincidentally, this third brother, Ian Calderon, comes out and says... And, and a staff member comes out and sa- says this thing about her. Right, right. So is it, is it political? Right. Is, is it a political, political hit job? Right. It's not it's not impossible to, to, to see that, right? Right. It's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he's not the only one. He's not the only person that is accusing her because mm-hmm. there's an unnamed lobbyist claims uh, uh, that claims that she uh, repeatedly called him for drinks and after being rejected, she confronted him and told him that she'd uh, quote set a goal for myself to f you. Wow. <laughs> yes, uh, that's you, you heard uh, that correctly. You heard that correctly. <laughs> uh, again, unnamed lobbyist. Is this political oppositioning or is this real? It's that's a that's a bizarre thing to say to anybody. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I've never heard anybody say anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so there are other accusations, like she drank. Uh, Regularly in the office, they discuss sex in uh, explicit terms, and she pressured her staff to play spin the bottle. That, now that spin the bottle keeps coming back up. Yeah, that, that's saying, one of the bigger stories that just sticks in your mind, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, apparently she 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 forced her staff, pressured them to play spin the bottle. Yeah, uh, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. Um, but eventually, uh, David Kernick, who's one of the four people who accused her of this came forward a few days later to accuse Garcia of firing him for complaining about this. About the, about the spin the bottle thing. Yeah. So I guess a few months after he complained about spin the bottle, he wanted to get fired. And he claims yeah. it's retaliation. Yeah. Uh, he says, quote, it was definitely uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> she said, uh, he said that, uh, I realize it's different for a man than for a woman. You know it's, it's inappropriate, but at the same time, you may wonder, how many women do, do you work for that act like this? You think... Maybe she's just really cool. It muddies, <laughs> it, it muddies the water. It's kind of weird. And Pretty <laughs> weird. I mean, weird to say. Uh, if that's true, right? Can you imagine any any state assemblyman or woman passing their their staffers to play spin the bottle? Like it's a little weird, man. It's a little weird. When would that be appropriate? When would that be cool? When would that be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So you know, you start to see a lot of smoke. Mm-hmm. Right, a lot of smoke here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there fire? <laughs> Is there fire somewhere? Um, uh, and, and anything else? Any other accusations here? So it says another anonymous staffer said Garcia creates a situation where there was a quote power imbalance. Mm-hmm. So more and more anonymous people and some non-anonymous are coming out and saying that she's she's yeah. she's, she's doing some odd things. Yeah, kind of weird. Kind of weird. <laughs> Not a lie. Um. Um, oh, and so it says, it was a power imbalance. Uh, the staffer told Politico, uh, you're telling me we're going to go to happy hour and I don't want to do that. It was something that was central. We're going to go out and I was, I don't want to hang out with you. I want to go home. <laughs> so it sounds like she really pressured the staffers to go out with, with drinks for her. Yeah. Right? I'm wondering if it's like, a, ah, don't go home right now. Let's go over happy hour for yeah, drinks a little bit. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just, just, just come over. Let's go. Yeah. Was it that, right? Or was it like... You know, and then if he's oh, you know, if you say, oh, come on, let, let's just go get some drinks, get mm-hmm. some happy hour, you know. Yeah. 
if now if they say no she's like oh okay whatever I was like okay mm-hmm. let's chill let's chill maybe it's she's fine. being chill Cause just every, and that, people you know, do that people yeah, do that yeah, yeah. I just come along you know but and then if they say no nah, I really can't okay alright right. now yeah if after they say no she's like no I mean like no, we, let's you, go get drinks we're going to get drinks yeah <laughs> yeah yeah if, if she starts doing that that's when it starts to cross over into like, that whoa like weird space mm-hmm. um Okay, so uh, the uh, Calderon staffer, uh, Mr. Fierro, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, um, I, I believe he asks the Assembly Rules Committee to do some sort of an investigation to see whether or not it's true, right? Mm-hmm. And they uh, initially came back saying that it was unsubstantiated, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, this was in May of 2018, I believe. Um so, but then Fierro uh, uh, appeals, and there was a new investigation launched mm-hmm. uh, into that. Yeah, I think he alleged that there was, a, I guess, bias towards her and against him. There's, there's a, I guess, a, he put pointed to evidence saying that people on the, on the in the assembly have donated to her campaign, and I guess people with, who were doing the investigation had donated to her campaign. So it just doesn't look good, and he's worried about conflicts of interest and bias, and so he wanted right. to. He wanted to say, "Well, let's redo the investigation." Right, right, right. Uh, and so they redo the investigation, but the new investigation still says it was unsubstantiated, um, mm-hmm. and claims by retali- claims of retaliation by her to Fierro's political consulting business are also unsubstantiated. Um, apparently, he also tried to hurt hit, uh, Fierro, who owns a political consulting business. He also, mm. she also he, he claims she also tried to hurt his business as well. Right, right. Um, and so what they say, so this is kind of like a little statement I think that came out of the report. It says, quote, um, based on interviews, including interviews of individuals unreachable during the first investigation, the investigator determined that a preponderance of the evidence supported a finding that while in a state of inebriation, you encountered Mr. Fierro in the dugout uh, at the softball game, grabbed his arm for support, put your hand on his back, and were overly familiar with him in a way that you would not have uh, had you been sober. However, the preponderance of evidence did not support a finding that you touched Mr. Fierro on the buttocks or genitals, or that this was a sexual encounter. So the second report comes back, and they say, yes, you were drunk, and you were overly familiar with him, mm-hmm. but you you did not grope him. Mm-hmm. Or there's there was, they didn't find any evidence that she did so mm-hmm. yeah right so at the end of the whole thing the end uh, you know I, I don't know how to feel about this right because on the one hand the investigation found that she did not grope him mm-hmm. right um but it was she was overly familiar and you know but uh, you know you can always ask questions like well you know was it biased politically biased you know maybe did, was it a power imbalance that she you know did she influence the investigation in any yeah. way it's impossible to say you know it's really yeah. impossible to say mm-hmm. um yeah so i don't know i mean there's just so much smoke here by so many different people that it's, makes me think yeah. like man like i don't That's know thing. i mean the calderon one you can kind of see that was like a that was a sort of political hit in a sense you know maybe maybe he was talking with the staffer and the staffer was like you know she was a little over familiar with me and he was like really yeah yeah well, you don't you think that was sexual harassment he's like Maybe it was. Now that I think about it, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah. He's like, go on it, jump on it. <laughs> yeah. But but he's not just him though. You know, it's not, it's just, not him. just him. It's, it's not, not just him. Not just him, man. The whole spin the bottle, the um, the uncomfortable situations, the yeah. pressuring to to go drinking with them. Yeah. Um. And so I guess as a result of a lot of these uh, controversies, the assembly speaker uh, Anthony Rendon. He removed Garcia from all of her committee assignments, including one of which, uh, which was the Natural Resources Committee, which she, she chaired. chaired. Yeah, and uh, we were saying, like, for these um, uh, assembly people, like, these committees are, like, the main sources of power. Of power, think, right? Right. That's what so, I understand. Yeah, so if you're stripped from your, from your committees, that's sort of like, you, they just take away all your power, right? It like neuters you, yeah. It's, all yeah. of a sudden, you can't. Yes, yeah, I, I I don't know what else you do. You just vote, I guess. But yeah, uh, you don't have any actual power and influence to to change communities and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the controversies do not end there. By the they way, continue. Yeah, it keeps going. Um, it says in late March, other aides of for, uh other aides or former aides of Garcia's um 
blamed her for having created a homophobic environment in the workplace and for referring to gay men, including fellow uh, Democrats such as John Perez, the state's first openly gay speaker, as homos or uh, F-words. You could probably guess what that would say. Yeah, I'm not going to go on and say that on air, but you know, you, you, can, you can figure out. Uh, she denied using the latter word, but she confirmed using the former, it, including uh, against Perez, saying that she had employed candid language in settings where you think you're in a safe space and you could speak your mind and be vocal. Yeah, and uh, I think they, they mentioned in the article that John Perez was definitely not happy about this. He was definitely right, right, not happy right. about this. Uh, right. It's just, it's, you know, it's why is she using homophobic language in the workplace? Yeah, you know that that's kind of a weird yeah, thing. And, yeah, she admittedly she admitted saying homos. Mm-hmm. She says she says homos. You know, I, you know, she she says I don't use it on a regular basis, but I did that one that one time against John Perez. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's like what? It's, like, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's hard for we were talking uh, before. It's hard for us to imagine rising to the position of assemblyman, right? And then just casually throwing word homo out like it's you know like right, what, what, right, you, right. You know, like she seems like a very intelligent woman. She she went to these great schools. You think right. she's she's a little more aware right. of? She could read the room a little more. You know that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but the controversy do not end they, there. They just don't end. So uh, it says on. So uh, I guess that, that. So not only did she say some anti-gay uh, remarks, she also said some some things that could be considered racist. Uh, so, it's, so it says, I guess they had an agenda for a heated meeting uh, between, uh, for, for, so I guess Asian American lobbyists were trying to block a Democratic bill um, in order to check, kind of reverse, the. Uh, they wanted to reverse the ban on affirmative action in college admissions. Yeah. Um, because uh, those, I guess, goes, goes against the interest of a lot of Asian Americans. Um, so uh, at one point, Garcia reportedly exclaimed, this makes me feel like a quote. I, this makes me feel like I want to punch the next Asian person I see in the face. Wow, <laughs> this, is, this is at a meeting, right? Am I correct? This is not. In I a, think it's know, in a meeting. I'm pretty in sure. One of her private, you know, uh, quote unquote safe spaces. Yeah. That she, she said, right? Mm-hmm. No, this is um, this is at a meeting, right? It's like again, like picture yourself in your position. You're like a state uh, assemblyman, right? Mm-hmm. And then. You had a meeting and you just like turned to the person you left like, oh, this just makes me want to punch the next Asian person in the face. Am I right? You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. What? what? Yeah. Uh, and Perez confirmed the incident did take place, but that no formal action was ever taken against Garcia for her words. Um, so this did take place. It took place. Yeah. Like she really said that. Like, yeah. So, she was at a meeting. Yeah. Just casually exclaimed. Uh, yeah. That. Yeah. So the whole stuff about, you know, the... Asian people and then the homophobic slurs. These, these are confirmed to have taken place. Yeah. Now that on top of the whole like uh, groping allegations, right? It's just a little just the uncomfortable situations, the pressure to the drinking, pressure the spin drinking. the bottle. Yeah, yeah. And like how you know we were saying, a lot of this seems to happen for her around alcohol. Yeah, right. Yeah, alcohol. Yeah. Every, like, when there's alcohol involved, it seems like things go off the rail for some reason. You know. Yeah. Um, she just gets too inebriated, and then I guess things words come out. <laughs> words come out. <laughs> uh, hands get to groping. I don't know. <laughs> Although that that was not confirmed. Actually, the, they they said that didn't happen, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't and, know. And so as as of today, she's still an assemblywoman, and she's still running she's in twenty running in twenty twenty this year. This year, um, she won her primary. Is, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, she won the primary. And yeah. I guess uh, she's gonna go up against a Republican and the general election and see if she. Uh, yeah. See if she, she, she gets reelected. We'll see what happens all, with all these controversies that happened in 2018, whether or not. I mean, I believe those broke before her election in 2018. She was still reelected, mm-hmm, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, so has anything changed in the past two years? Well, I think in the current climate, something has to come out. I think people are going to sort of fight this a little harder, I think. Right, right. But it's just kind of complicated because she was also part of the Me Too movement. Yeah, yeah. And so... Yeah. Hmm. And like, if you look on her Twitter... She's very much like she's still like like you know Me Too movements you know mm-hmm, she posts mm-hmm, that kind mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff was like at the same time the investigation didn't find anything right it didn't it, it didn't find any actual evidence now was it politically you know um, was it like uh, like uh, what do you call a it a political like, hit job or something yeah a political hit job or like did she influence the investigation at all yeah right because this, this wasn't like an fbi investigation this was no, like you know yeah. probably like an internal 
you know, okay, let's get together and find out, you know, if anything happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't find anything, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So interesting person, Christina Garcia, sort of the rise and not quite fall, but kind of like she's still in power. So yeah. But uh, her reputation has certainly taken a lot of hits. Yeah. Fascinating person. Um, very impressive in a lot of ways. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, especially when she started out. I mean, she she helped to take down Robert Rizzo, which was the biggest you know one of the biggest know, scandals, scandals ever. You know. Yeah. In L.A. Um, and then she took down, uh, well, she beat, I think it was Tom Calderon, right? Mm-hmm. Ron Calderon, she accused of corruption correctly. She, and yeah. So, I don't know. She's a mixed bag here, right? Mm-hmm. It's like she's done a lot of good stuff for anti-corruption. But at the same time, like, there's definitely, like, some pretty, like, shocking allegations, you know, that yeah. it's like, huh. Mm. We'll see how it turns out in the election. We'll just see how it turns out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't mm. know. I mean, now that I've learned about this story, now I'm like, yeah, I yeah. should either, like vote I, yeah. either for her or against her, you know, but I, I should do something, right? Uh huh. Yeah, uh, I, like, yeah, I would strongly consider, like, well, maybe let's look at other people. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I would, I mean, like, I saw in the primary, she ran against like a Green Party candidate. And I'm mm. like, well, what's wrong with a Green Party candidate? Let's see, this, <laughs> let's see what this Green Party candidate's doing, you know? Right. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm always partial to like third parties. Um, I just feel like the you know the the, the machines get to you. You know the machines get to you. Did you they know? get to Christina Garcia? Is maybe that, that maybe that's what happened to her. Maybe Shout the out as a got humble her, teacher you know? from yeah you know, Bell Gardens and and then next thing you know you know she's you know had a little too much to drink and, and the words just come out of her mouth. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, well, well, yeah. So that's I think that's about the third episode of our podcast. Uh, I think we're gonna keep trying to. Get new people every every week and yeah and uh, I think I think I like this format though I'm a fan yeah I like, I like it. it I like it you do you know a few stories at the beginning and then you know have like a main you know topic you know mm-hmm. one person uh, yeah I mean I learned a lot just from reading this you know this mm-hmm. stuff about about Christina Garcia so um, so yeah yeah I think uh, do we have anything else uh, no that's about it I think as always. Um, if you have any sort of news that you'd like us to talk about, anything that you you wanna you want us to delve a little deeper into, uh, or any maybe even people that you think would be really interesting to profile, mm. uh, just email us. Uh, at, what was it the 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 GW the Times? GW Times at gmail.com. At gmail.com. The only thing is that like if we could change the name of the podcast, all of a sudden that email doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, um, so we're, we gotta figure that out. We gotta figure it we'll out. Figure it out. But for now, the email's still up. Yeah, for now it still works. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, I think that's it for uh, for uh, this episode. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys uh, next week. Yep. See you all next week. All right. Read your local papers. Make sure to vote in your local elections too. <laughs>